the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The fire of your coming, the glory of your presence, will shake the earth and every heart will know. You are Messiah, Yeshua HaMashiach, Lion of Judah, the God of Israel. Shalom and welcome to Heart of Messiah radio broadcast. My name is Steve Weiler and I'm the lead rabbi of Shoresh David Messianic Synagogues. Currently we're serving in Wesley Chapel, St. Pete, South Bay near Riverview and Tampa. We welcome all visitors as we desire to see those who are Jewish and not Jewish worshiping together in unity. We're honored to serve the listening audience of AM 570 WTBN and 910 WTWD, Tampa Bay's Faith Talk. Shalom. And let me say, if you weren't here last week, Happy New Year. <laughs> okay, let's begin with prayer. Avinu Malkenu, our Father and our King, we love you and we praise you and honor you. And Lord, I ask, Father, now as we have talked about uh, who you are, Lord, how do we respond? How do we truly become a disciple of the living God? Lord, I pray that you would anoint each radio program so that people will uh, be motivated, motivated to follow you, motivated to hear your voice, motiva- motivated to love you with all their heart, soul, and mind. So, Father, uh, receive this program, and I pray that your anointing would be upon it. In the name of Yeshua, amen. Okay, so uh, as I said last week, here we are entering 2019, and so it's going to be an amazing year, and so for this reason, we went back to basics the last two weeks. Uh, we talked about who God is, and I believe from just hearing who God is, our faith and our hope will grow dramatically. And so I'd love for you to focus on those two teachings, but I also feel that uh, this week is an important teaching as well. Let me just mention before we begin, we're really thankful for all of you who are continuing to support the Heart of Messiah radio program in 2019. You are a blessing. And as I mentioned last week at the beginning of each program, I'd like to give a short thought about a scripture verse, uh, a nugget basically, hopefully to encourage you or to direct you. So this week, I picked Psalm 1, 1 through 3. And you'll notice that between last week and this week, I'm talking about scriptures that are going to affect our life. Happy is uh, Psalm 1, 1 through 3. Happy is the one who has not walked in the advice of the wicked, nor stood in the way of sinners, nor sat in the seat of scoffers. 
but his delight is in the Torah or the, the instruction of Adonai. And on his Torah instruction, he meditates day and night. He will be like a planted tree over streams of water, producing its fruit during its season. Its leaf never droops, but in all he does, he succeeds. What a great scripture. It's Psalm 1, and, and it's a great scripture to begin the year off, to focus on. And we, are, we want to be happy, right? And we will be happy as we follow God's instruction, as we meditate on Torah, the, the word of God, day and night. And we're delighted to do this. We're, it, it's, it's our delight to do this. And one of the reasons probably it's a delight is because it says that, our, in a sense, our leaf will never droop, which uh, means, I guess, that we're going to continue to be happy, that we're going to continue to do well. And, in the, and then the, the end of the verse says, in all we do, we'll succeed. So what is the formula? The formula is to stay in God's word and let's God's word change our heart and move us forward this year like never before. Now, today our program's about our response to knowing who God is. Once we see how amazing God is, we must respond. And that response is, Lord, allow me to be your disciple. <laughs> so we're going to look at the attributes of a disciple how one correctly responds to God's attributes, and this directs our desires for 2019. What areas in our own attributes need improvement? Would you join me and focus on these things? Now, a key verse even before we get into the attributes is if we're talking about becoming a disciple, we should look First at Luke 14, 27. Whoever does not carry his own cross and follow me cannot be my disciple. Now, what does this mean? Well, we're to follow Yeshua and carry our own cross. But what does it mean to carry our own cross? And oftentimes when something is stated, like in Luke 14, 27, it is explained in the scriptures that follow. So let's look at the scriptures that follow, verses 28 and 29. For which of you, wanting to build a tower, doesn't first sit down and figure out the cost to see if he has enough to finish it? Otherwise, when he has laid a foundation and it isn't able to finish everything, all who see it begin to mock him, saying, this man began to build and wasn't able to finish. So what we're seeing here is there is a cost to being a disciple of Yeshua. And we need to do a few things concerning this cost. We need to know how much it costs to follow Yeshua. We want to know, are we willing to pay that cost? And without those answering those above in our heart and our mind, it's possible we're not going to finish this race that we've started. 
So our cost in being a disciple is to desire Yeshua, the closeness of Yeshua, try to live by the the guidelines that he's given us. Now, there are many things Yeshua has said, and there are many, 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 many guidelines. So the five things that I've chosen might not be your list. But as I've prayed, this is the list that I think that God would have you listen to. Now, there are actually two lists. The first list is a behavioral list. It's um, what behaviors do we need to show? And then the second list, which uh, let me just say, the behaviors that I chose were faith, humility, joy, commitment, and love. Then secondly, there are three things that are what I would call spiritual disciplines that are extremely important, and that is prayer, the reading and studying and meditating on and praying God's word, and finally, evangelism. So let's start by looking at the behavioral disciplines that we need. And of course, we start with faith. Because Hebrews 11.1 says, Now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of realities not seen. And Hebrews 11.6 says, Now without faith, it is impossible to please God. For the one who comes to God must believe that he exists and that he is a rewarder of those who seek him. So wouldn't you agree with me that one of the disciplines that we have to work on is our faith? By the way, we know where faith comes from. It's hearing the word of God. Now, faith is required to believe that the Bible is the word of God. Faith is required to make God's word our authority for living. Faith is required for accepting Yeshua as our Messiah, and faith is required in order to receive the power and the gifts of the Holy Spirit. Faith is required to desire to overcome the lust of the flesh with the power of God's Spirit. So these are just some of the reasons that faith is so important to us. Genesis 15.6, we read that, then he believed in Adonai, and he, it was reckoned to him as righteousness, which is repeated in Romans 4.3, for what does the scripture say? Abraham believed God, and it was credited to him as righteousness. So Abraham had faith, and we need to have faith. We need to, as disciples, we have to walk in faith. We have to talk in faith. We have to deal with circumstances by faith. We have to deal with people by faith. And by faith, we know that Romans 8.28 says, Now we know that all things work together for good for those who love God and who are called according to his purpose. By faith, we understand the literal understanding of this, that God is in control of us. And he will do good things for us. We have to be faithful by having strong faith. Now, each one of these actually could take a long time to talk about. Secondly, we have humility. And true humility produces godliness, contentment, service, and security. We can serve others because we are humble. 
We can care for others more than ourselves. That's part of humility. We can repent because one who is humble knows how easy it is to be wrong. And we can forgive to set others free from guilt of their sin. And, and, you know, and, and that's really what forgiveness is. It's setting others free from the guilt of their sin. Think about that. Humility requires tremendous strength. Philippians 2, 3, do nothing out of selfishness or conceit, but with humility, consider others as more important than yourselves, looking out not only for your own interests, but also the interests of others. Have this attitude in yourselves, which was also in Messiah Yeshua, who through, though existing in the form of God, did not consider being equal to God a thing to be grasped. But he emptied himself, taking on the form of a slave, becoming the likeness of men and being found in appearance as a man. He humbled himself, being obedient to the point of death, even death on a cross. Oh, I pray that all of us would have a spirit of humility upon us. Now, our third uh, characteristic that I believe we need is one that might not be on your list. It's joy. You say, we need joy as a disciple? Yes, I believe so. It, it, joy is the confidence that God is bigger and stronger than anything that can come against us. And so our heart and our mind are smiling, so to speak. The, the joy of the world is shallow, but the joy of the Lord is rich and abundant. The world's happiness will fade, but God's people will be happy forever. Look, the key to have joy is to have joy in the Lord, not in your things, not in your circumstances. But if you can have joy in the Lord, you will be joyful at all times. Philippians 4.4 4 says, Rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I will say rejoice. Psalm 16.11, You make known to me the path of life. Abundance of joys are in your presence. Eternal pleasures at your right hand. And First Peter says it so well this way in, in 1 Peter 1, 8 and 9, Though you have not seen him, you love him. And even though you don't see him now, you trust him and are filled with a joy that is glorious beyond words. Receiving the outcome of your faith, the salvation of your souls. You see, when you trust God, you are filled with a joy that is glorious beyond words. That's what it means to trust in the Lord. That's what it means to have joy in the Lord. Joy is the outcome of knowing the Lord, having faith, and not focusing on yourself but, and your own desires, but focusing on him. Number four. Our commitment is probably, again, not what you're expecting on my behavioral characteristics list of how to be a good disciple. But your commitment is a promise. It's a guarantee. It's, it's an assurance. Your commitment says you are faithful to the end. Your commitment means others can count on you. Your commitment speaks of your unchanging desire for the Lord. Your commitment shows your passion. In Psalm 37.5, it says, Commit your way to Adonai. 
Trust in him, and he will do it. Our commitment to God is, I, I believe, is found in, in meditating and thinking on Deuteronomy 6, 5 through 8. Love Adonai, your God, with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your strength. These words which I am commanding you today are to be on your heart. You are to teach them diligently to your children. And speak of them when you sit in your house, when you walk by the way, when you lie down, when you rise up. You're to bind them as a sign on your hand, and they are to be as frontlets between your eyes and write them on the doorposts of your house and on your gates. And it's this verse why Jewish people have what is called a mezuzah on the door, which is a reminder of the commitment every day you walk in and out of your house you are reminded of the commitment to the Lord to do these very things, which means we are his 24-7. Our families are his. His words will be in us at all times. Our commitment is to not give up on our journey to become real disciples, followers of Yeshua, by sharing that love. And so, obviously, Number five of my attributes is love. It's the key to being a disciple of Yeshua. Now, I really believe that many people take this for granted because they feel that they're nice to everybody and that's good enough. However, the kind of love that the Lord asks us to give is not quite that simple. 1 John 4, 7, and 8. Loved ones, let us love one another. For love is from God. Everyone who loves is born of God and knows God. The one who does not love does not know God. For God is love. Okay, so now you see that it is really important that we, number one, love, and number two, understand what love is. Because if we don't understand it, uh, we won't be able to do it. So, love is from God, and love is God. 1 John 4, 12. If we love one another, God abides in us, and his love is made perfect in us. Whoa. Do you realize that God's love is made perfect in us when we love one another? That's amazing. A lot of motivation there, I'd say. 1 John four eighteen. There is no fear in love, but perfect love drives out fear. You know, these last two verses use the word perfect along with love. Perfect love is sacrificial. And that is the cost of being a disciple. And that is that we sacrificially put others before ourselves so that we can love them with real love, not fake love. It's God in us, that allows us to love in this way. All of what we should do and be is an embracing of God's love. And we know God's love. We've spoken it many times, Romans 5, 8. God demonstrates his own love towards us in that while we were yet sinners, Messiah died for us. That was the cost that he paid for love. 
The characteristics of this kind of love is mercy. We deserve punishment. Grace, we did not deserve the gift of salvation. And sacrificial, willing to take the pain for people even though they don't deserve it. Are you hearing me? They don't deserve it, but we love anyway. I believe our love should be similar to God's love, unconditional, no strings attached, love without reservations, unearned. We give it whether they deserve it or not. No, not based on circumstances. It's a personal love, willing to invest in others and be transparent about ourselves, not closed off. A love that is also demonstrated by works, a balance of grace and truth, forgiving, unending for everyone, including the lost and sinners. You know, my definition of love is this. Love is the purposeful decision to show affection and compassion continuously, meaning nonstop, eternally, meaning having no end, and unconditionally, meaning there doesn't have to be a reason we do it anyway, right? Love is the reason we can do anything for people without feeling that we have been taken advantage of or that we have become a doormat. As God is the initiator of love, right? He initiated love first. We must also initiate love to others. If you don't initiate love, you're making a distinction as to who and when or where should love be given. 1 John 5, 3 says, For this is the love of God, that we keep his commandments, and his commandments are not burdensome. Our loving people... Even the unlovable should not be a burden if we love God. God is the source of love, so the more intimate we're with him, the greater our ability to love others. So we apply this to our lives, right? Okay, so, you know, in 1 Corinthians it says, if I speak with tongues of men and of angels, but I have not love, I become just a noisy gong or a clanging cymbal, and and you know this scripture, right? If I give away all that I own, and if I hand over my body so I may boast, but have not love, I've gained nothing. Love is patient, kind, does not envy, it does not brag, it's not puffed up, it does not behave inappropriately, it does not seek its own way, it is not provoked, it keeps no record of wrong, it does not rejoice over injustice, but rejoices in the truth, it bears all things, believes all things, it hopes all things, it endures all things, love never fails. And in verse 13, but now these three remain, faith, hope, and love, and the greatest of these is love. Look, Love covers a multitude of sins, 1 Peter 4.8. I know God's love covers a multitude for my sins, but does your love cover the sins of your family and your friends? Is that how you're using love? Let's close with a verse about unity, which comes from our love for one another. It's important. Uh, its importance cannot be overstated as Yeshua prays to the Father, the glory that you have given to me, I have given to them that they may be one just as we are one, I and them and you and me, that they may be perfected in unity so that the world may know that you sent me and love them as you loved me. This is what we need to focus on. Well, it's the end of the show. 
Next week, we're going to talk about educating our children in the Lord. We've started this new year. We're thankful that that you are with us. If you'd like us to email you a copy of the 10 Attributes of God or today's teaching about the five behaviors that will help us be disciples, call Karen, 813-831-5673. I pray this broadcast touched your heart. And may you grow in your desire to have a heart like the heart of Messiah. Let's close in prayer. Abba, Father, teach us your ways so that our hearts would be hearts of flesh and not of stone. May our words and actions always reflect the heart of Messiah so that everyone who meets us will know that Yeshua is our Messiah and King. You are Messiah, Yeshua HaMashiach, Lion of Judah, the God of Israel. Star General Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.